You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, again, good morning. I'm Pastor Jason, if you don't know, and uh, it is so good to be with you guys this morning. Amen. 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 Just out of curiosity, a friend of mine a long time ago shared with me these words. the most comforting words in the English language are me too. And uh, so who had a tough 2020? Anybody? (laughs) Raise your hand. If your job was affected in some way in 2020, whether you lost it or all of a sudden your hours were cut or maybe you had too much work that you couldn't keep up with, would you just raise your hand if your job was affected? Yeah, yeah. If your family was affected in some way, maybe it was kids being at home, learning how to be a mom and a, and a dad and a teacher too, or, or maybe it was, um, you know, I don't, if your family was affected in some way, your home life was affected in some way, yeah, yeah. If your health was affected in some way, would you just raise your hand? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, good. That's good. We, um, we had some people in our very own family, the Mission family, uh, lose loved ones over this last season. And, uh, and so basically, I just, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to, say that this morning because uh, I think one of the things that I learned, the, the most important lessons that I learned over the last year is how much we truly, truly need each other. And so I want you to know this morning that you're not alone. Whatever you've been through, whatever you know, baggage you may be carrying in from the last year into the new year, you're not alone. And this family loves you. And uh, it doesn't matter if, if uh, you're brand new with this family, this family loves you. So I just wanted to, to remind, take a moment and just uh, remind us all, like, we've, we've all been through a lot in the last year. And uh, the fact that we're here in this moment, um, you know, uh, this is just a building, but in some ways this is a return to a little bit of normalcy. And uh, so I'm very grateful for that this morning. Um, but that's not my, that, that's not even on my notes or anything this morning. That's just a freebie. <laughs> so uh, we're, in a, we're in week four of our current teaching series, The Path of Glory. And we're following Jesus on his path to the cross. Who knows Easter is right around the corner. That's right, that's right. Uh, I, I already ate too many Cadbury eggs. But uh, we're following the path of Jesus to the cross through the book of Mark. And uh, we're going all the way through to Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And this week we'll be focusing on the beginning portion of Mark 14. 
And uh, in this passage, uh, in the passages ahead, rather, we will encounter two people who are very close to Jesus, very close to Jesus, but their reasons for being close to him are very different. Their motivation for being close to him is very different. One person finds Jesus beautiful and just wants to devote everything they are, no matter the cost, to him. And the other just finds Jesus useful. Let's go ahead and go to verse 1 in chapter 14 and, uh, and discover more about that first person. Mark 14, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It was now two days before Passover in the festival of unleavened bread. Uh, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration they agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from uh, essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you. And you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deeds will be remembered and discussed. All right, so let's set the scene here. Um, the passage starts off by telling us we're, we're now two days away uh, from Passover. And Passover is a, uh, is a Jewish holiday celebrating Israel's freedom from uh, slavery in Egypt. And uh, the religious leaders and priests are, were looking for a way to not only ensnare Jesus, not just trip him up anymore, not just like uh, embarrass him in front of people like that he's doesn't know what he's talking about. They're actually trying to kill him in secret. They, uh, they knew that if they tried anything during the Passover, though, the people would riot. And so they backed off uh, for the time being. So, so that's the backdrop of this scene, and, and that will come more into play later. Uh, we cut to Jesus sitting around a table with some friends and disciples sharing a meal. And while Jesus was eating, something very surprising happened. A woman enters this room with a beautiful jar of perfume and, and shatters the jar, right? Never to be used again. Shatters the jar and, and pours it on Jesus's head. 
Now, the woman is not named in the book of Mark, but, but we, we, if we know from the book of John that it's actually Mary, right? And, and Mary's sister, Martha, and her newly resurrected brother, Lazarus, were both there. And this perfume that Mary was anointing Jesus with wasn't your garden variety like Axe body spray, right? No, no, this didn't smell like a teenage boy at 16, right? No, this perfume came in a beautiful alabaster jar and was made from the essence of nard. And scientists tell us that the essence of nard had a sweet smell believed to be similar to unicorn's breath. No. <laughs> No, nard is an oil that is extracted from an Indian or Arabian root, and, and it smells sweet. And, and uh, some of you young living folks, you, you essential oils, maybe you have some nard, I don't know. Um, this, this, uh, this jar of perfume w- was said to cost a whole year's wages for, for a laborer at the time. And that is some expensive perfume, like a little dabble do you on that one, right? And, and imagine taking an oil that was worth a whole year of your wages. Like think about, you know, if you, if, if you, if you work, like think about what your, a year of your wages were and taking that and pouring it out on Jesus. And that's what Mary did. But not everyone thought Mary's offering was so great. In verse 4, Mark writes, Some of those at the table were indignant. Again, we know from the book of John that the people who were upset were some of Jesus' disciples, uh, particularly Judas. And uh, Judas was very concerned about the cost of things because he handled Jesus and the disciples' money. But, but Judas, as you may have figured out already, didn't actually care about the poor. He gave a very convincing speech. But Judas was a thief and, and would regularly help himself to whatever money came into their group's small bag, right? Right? So when Judas saw all the expensive perfume being poured out all over Jesus, he didn't see a beautiful offering. He saw a missed opportunity, an opportunity to line his own pockets. But Jesus rebukes Judas and the other disciples and uses this opportunity to remind them that he has come to die. That he has come to die. And the time is rapidly approaching. Jesus says in 7 and 8, you will always have the poor among you and you can help them whenever you want, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. So Jesus, even in this moment, is reminding his disciples, I've come to die. 
Now you can see the disciples, you can see how the disciples could be confused, right? Because what did we talk about last week? Last week, um, you know, we talked about the widow's might, right? In one minute, Jesus is saying that this poor widow's offering of two tiny coins was worth more than all the rich people's offerings, and now he's saying pouring out this extremely expensive perfume isn't wasteful, but beautiful. And if you're thinking with earthly logic, this does not make sense. But for Jesus, no amount is too little or too much because it's about the heart behind the offering. So Jesus accepts both the widow's tiny gift and Mary's extravagant gift, both as priceless, priceless, because both gifts were birthed in the heart first. We know from John chapter 12 that not only did Mary anoint Jesus's head, but also his feet and, and, and dried them with her hair. I mean, think about that in that culture. To throw aside all social decorum and humble yourself in such a public way before Jesus is extraordinary. This offering was birthed in Mary's heart before it was executed in her actions. And Jesus said in verse 9, I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. And here we are right now in this moment living proof of that. The desire of my heart every day, every day the desire of my heart is to be more like Mary in this moment. But all too often it's Judas who I see in the mirror. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but I'm just being honest. Let's pick up at verse 10. After this beautiful display of devotion, Judas is completely disgusted. So verse 10 says this, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted when they heard why he had come, and they promised to give him money. So he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. At verse 11, that beginning, they were delighted. That, that just gives me goosebumps every time. So evil. So Judas didn't find Mary's offering beautiful. In fact, he, the, 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 he found it the opposite of beautiful. He didn't find Jesus beautiful. He found Jesus useful. And in Judas's mind, clearly Jesus had no logical regard for money, which means that Jesus didn't really seem interested in keeping that money bag full, 
right? You know, the money back Judas took care of and helped himself to, like Judas decided that if Jesus showed such erratic behavior when it came to money, then maybe it was time to cash Jesus in for one last payday. 1 Timothy 6.10 says this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Judas goes right up to the people looking to not ensnare Jesus, not not jail Jesus, but to kill Jesus and agrees to betray him. And the priests were delighted. And they promised him money, just what Judas had in his heart, just what Judas wanted. And in the end, 30 pieces of silver is what Judas got paid for, which wasn't a lot. In fact, this was the amount uh, someone would have gotten paid for the accidental death of their slave. And not just the accidental death, but a very specific accidental death of being gored by a bull. Just a fun fact there. If your slave got gored by a bull, you would get 30 pieces of silver. Um... This, this just wasn't a lot of money. And even knowing Judas was going to betray him, Jesus still called Judas friend. Friend, right? But Judas sold Jesus like he was a slave. Luke and John mentioned that Satan moved in Jesus, to be, uh, moved in Judas, rather, uh, to betray Jesus, but Judas still made a free will decision to do it. Judas was one of the 12 disciples. Think about that. Think about that. We talk a lot about discipleship in this church and being a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. And Judas was one of Jesus's 12. Judas was with Jesus and he completely missed Jesus. He completely missed Jesus. He was with Jesus and he completely missed him. And now he begins looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. And that time would come so much sooner than Judas expected. What a contrast we see when we compare Mary and Judas side by side. What an unbelievable contrast. Mary in this culture, in in this culture of this time, was a woman with no real standing. Judas was not only a man, but was one of the 12 apostles. Mary gave what she could to Jesus. Judas took what he could from Jesus. Mary blessed her Lord. Judas betrayed his Lord. Mary loved her Lord. Judas used his Lord. Mary did a beautiful thing and Judas did a terrible thing. Mary served him as her savior and Judas sold him like he was his slave. 
Mary is notable forever for her devotion. And Judas is notorious forever for his betrayal. When I look in the mirror in the morning, when I go before God, my, de- my heart's desire is to be more and more like Mary every day, not counting the cost, but willing in devotion to lay it all out publicly or not before Jesus in devotion. And yet so many times I get to the end of the day and it's not Mary who I see. Is anybody with me on that? Does anybody resonate with that? So here's my question as the music team comes. What is your main motivation for being in a relationship with Jesus? Is it because you find him beautiful or useful? Is it because you get Jesus or is it because it looks good on the outside. When you look in the mirror, who do you see staring back at you? Jesus, both at the beginning of his life and at the end of his life, he was lavished both at the bookends of his life with treasures. Because, the, because he's worthy of it all. He's so worthy of it all. And both times, I'm sure there were people that thought these treasures were wasted. they didn't get just how beautiful these offerings were. So today, let's agree as a community to be more like Mary every day, to strive to be more like Mary every day. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. Three in one triune God, we love you. Father, as we begin this new season, Lord, may we rediscover the beauty of you. May we think less about what it costs and give 
and to you, whether it's our time, talent, or treasure from, from what's birthed in our hearts, Lord. Father, I thank you for this time. Father, we love you. We heap our praises upon you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.